more news on coronavirus, small Ohio businesses have relief on the way, early voting keeps setting records, and I give my predictions on who's going to win the state. I'm Patrick McFarland. Here it is, Ohio. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Uh, thanks for being here. Just a quick note. Sorry, so, sorry about that intro. If that's a little bit loud, I'll make sure I look at that. I want to make a statement, you know, but I'm also not trying to be obnoxious. So I apologize. I just want to get this episode out and I'll make sure I adjust it uh, by the next episode. <laughs> so with that being said, let's let's get right into today's topics. All right. So speaking on the coronavirus, we're at our totals for 205,000 confirmed cases, 5,256 deaths. So unfortunately, uh, daily cases and daily deaths continue to be, uh, I'd say, on the rise, at least for cases specifically. But deaths still have this kind of weird pattern. If you look at the charts, um, it seems that there's a reporting of a slight increase in daily deaths and then a huge increase and then a uh, quick, sharp decline in, in recordings of daily deaths. And this seems to be consistent at, at least all the way through June. And we know that you know this, this disease, while it's inc- extremely fatal and it burdens Ohioans in that way, we also know that it, it's a huge burden to our low-income families, small businesses, bars and restaurants as well. But that is why I have a little bit of good news with that. According to the Columbus Dispatch, Low-income families, small businesses, bars, restaurants, hospitals, colleges, nonprofits, and arts groups slammed by the coronavirus will be getting $429.5 million in federal relief, according to Governor Mike DeWine. The dispatch also goes on to say that earlier in the day, the governor announced an additional $4.6 million in grants for local law enforcement and others in the criminal justice system. The assistance comes as Coronavirus cases continue to rise in Ohio with 2,518 new cases reported on Friday, setting a new record and bringing the statewide total to 192,948, according to the Ohio Department of Health. And we know from what I just read that it's increased a lot since then. So make sure you're staying safe, especially if you're at risk or if you live with someone at risk and just do your best. With that being said, let's let's get on to, to some of these voting records that we're breaking. So we talked on the show last time about how early voting had kicked off in Ohio and you know we're shattering all these different records left and right. And uh, this this is still kind of the same case and it seems to be the case. At least it'll be that way leading up to the election. Uh, according to Scott Wortman from the Cincinnati Inquirer, the polls in Ohio are busy and getting busier. Statewide, 2.2 million voters have cast their ballots two and a half times the voters that cast their ballots by the same time in 2016, according to the Secretary of State, Frank LaRose. I should mention that this was written or this was published on October 27th. A week away from the election, Ohio has already shattered the previous record for early voting since it began in 2005. The previous record was set in 2016 when 1.9 million voted either through the mail or early in person. So we're killing that right now. 
More than 1.1 million voters cast their ballots in Ohio statewide just in the past week. In 2016, 5.6 million total votes were cast, good for 71% turnout. Each week, it's a new record, and that's because enthusiastic voters are taking advantage of the convenient voting opportunities, which are some of the best in the nation, said Sec Secretary Frank LaRose in a statement. So obviously, like we keep shattering these records. I'm very curious to see, though, is, is the turnout going to be similar to 2016 with 71% turnout, or is, is, that, is it going to be way more than that? Obviously, there's no way to know, but I do think that's it's a good thing that since we do have these opportunities to go out and vote, um, people are taking advantage of it. Make sure you look into it. Uh, all you have to do to, to see which way you can vote or which way you would feel most comfortable voting, just go to your county's Board of Elections. And that website is quite concise. Their, their homepage will, will tell you all the information you need to know. Also, early voting is going on throughout the entire state up until uh, November 3rd. So that's good. Go out, make sure you vote, be safe about it. Um, and, and when you're, when you're going out to vote, you know, you might be wondering, well, who's in charge of all of this? What, what type of, what government official uh, is in control or is responsible for, you know, making sure that the voting's safe, that we have a good system, that deadlines are met, et cetera. Uh, and that, that official is the secretary of state. So right now our secretary of state is Frank LaRose. And the different duties and responsibilities are, there's a, it's a bunch, it's kind of like a, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a clerical or a managerial job per se, but it is making sure that um, you, you coordinate the major aspects of state functions. So for, basically there's three major duties and responsibilities. Um, and one of them, the first one is being the chief elections officer. The second one is granting authority to do business in Ohio. And then the third one is for your records and certifications and filings. In terms of chief elections officers, um, if there's any sort of campaign finance compliance issues, Frank LaRose is the one that gets the, the, um, the reports filed at his office. Um, also, you're a member on the apportionment board, which means that according to his website, every 10 years following the uh, decennial census, the five-member board re redraws boundaries for each of the 99 Ohio House and 33 Ohio Senate districts to reflect population changes. So you're in charge of coordinating the redistricting, redistricting uh, committee and granting authority to do business in Ohio. Basically, if you want to set up a sole proprietorship LLC or do some sort of form of business, you go on his website, you you look up whatever fee and forms you need to fill out and then you send it in and his office checks and approves all of that, all of that good stuff. And then the last duty is you record certifications and filings. So if there's any sort of historical records, they're in charge of keeping track of that. Um, any executive orders, any notes that need to be taken with those laws that are passed. That's what, that's what his office does. Uh, if you want some sort of license on like a, becoming a notary or something, you have to go through his office to do it. So basically, he keeps track of all of the all of the certifications that people need to have in our state.
that's and and also keeping track of laws that are passed and such so uh with all of that um you know we're we're seeing that oh ohio's uh voting's kicking off early voting's kicking off throughout the country but don't forget that i i think ohio is kind of special with this election in particular with this presidential election because ohio has determined 28 of the last 30 elections um so that's obviously that Ohio is widely considered to be the uh, the determining state because we have a lot of electoral votes and we are a swing state, right? Like I said, if, if it's predicting different presidential elections and they don't all go Republican, they don't all go Democrat, Ohio is a major state that a lot of people look for. I know that the, the major talk in the news has kind of been eyes on Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, and North Carolina, but uh, definitely, definitely be sure that both campaigns are are keeping their eyes on Ohio, so we'll get into we'll get into that next. So just a quick note on this section, uh, I might not focus entirely on Ohio. I'm going to do my very best to. All right, because well, I mean, one, the show is about Ohio specifically, and also Ohio is a crucial state when we're talking about presidential elections. Now, with that being said, I don't think that it's super wrong, though, to look outside of Ohio, you know, in terms of national polling and, uh, and other aspects, because I don't really think that people just vote for the president based solely on their community. Yeah, they might do it based on what people in their city or county is doing. They might do it based on what people in their state are doing. Yeah, that's very possible. But you also look at your neighboring states and the country as a whole. So I don't think that that'd be totally unfounded to look at, say, like national polling, for instance. So... I'll do my best to stay within our state, but just just be advised that I may get into talking about the national level here and there. So with that, uh, I'll talk a little bit about my predictions and where I think it makes sense to, to think that things are going. So just to get it out of the way, just so there's not, you know, this kind of deep suspicion about, oh, oh you know. What is Pat trying to say that somebody's going to win the the national or something? Whatever. I'll just say up front. I think rationally speaking, I think that uh, basically, I think Biden's going to win uh, win the national election, and I think that he uh, that Trump is going to win Ohio. You might be saying, "Whoa, whoa, Pat! Um, oh wait, so you're saying Ohio's not going to be deciding this election?" Uh, no, I don't. I don't think Trump's doing well enough in North Carolina, Arizona, and why is Texas so close for him? Um, I think it's going to be Biden, no problem. Also, nobody hates Biden. Everyone hated Hillary. So I don't really agree with, oh, well, the polls were so wrong in 2016, and which we'll get into by and large, especially state polls, they weren't that wrong. So I think, unfortunately, our state's not going to be able to determine uh the the election so i think we're we might lose a little credibility so that is unfortunate for us but oh well um but you never know right again ohio has 18 electoral votes that's a big deal campaigns definitely keep their eye on us so you never know um but that that's kind of my take i think biden's gonna win nationally i think trump's gonna win ohio why do i think trump's gonna win ohio um i think that there's two major factors that are worth looking at uh, when, whenever you're looking at presidential elections. And I think in this particular case for our state, those two factors are enthusiasm and 
polling data. I would say that enthusiasm might not be the biggest factor. I do think polling data matters a little bit more, maybe a lot more. But again, you need to get out the vote, right? You need to actually get people amped up to, to really go to the polls. This is one of the big issues for Hillary in 2016. If you look at a lot of swing states, Trump performed very similarly to McCain, very similarly to Romney and, and even Bush. That is just kind of it was kind of status quo for him. It just no one showed up for Hillary in especially especially in Wisconsin and Michigan. That was kind of the take. So enthusiasm is a crucial aspect. And I want to kind of refer to a uh, refer refer to just a little bit of polling data that I have from now. This is from early April, but I think there is some some good point and there's some reflective aspect of of what our state's gonna see and then and then we'll get into more more serious polling data obviously we know that you know it, it seems when you think okay loyal base it'd be it, if you had to do this in terms of political popularity it would be bernie sanders and donald trump right when you think of people amped up to vote for someone bernie has the base and Trump has the base. Those are the most, for lack of better word, base guys, uh, base political candidates that you can think of. But Trump's not running against Bernie. He's running against Joe Biden. So there is a poll from Emerson College that I think gives a decent insight into the enthusiasm for both of the candidates. So this Emerson poll that was done, let me check the date, in April of 2020, brings up that nearly half of Joe Biden voters, 45%, say that they were very or extremely excited to support Biden in the general election, compared to 64% of Trump voters that said they were very or extremely excited to support Trump in November. Nearly a quarter of Biden supporters, 26%, said that they were not excited, compared to 15% of Trump voters. Furthermore, 65% of those who voted for Senator Bernie Sanders in the primary season said they were not that excited to vote for Biden. So I think that this trend will still hold true, right? This is kind of, this is before all the massive civil unrest that we saw in the in the summertime. It's kind of early into the coronavirus and whatnot. I don't really see why this trend would subside. And there's, there is kind of this, I, I guess, an anecdotal perspective, but is it, is what I'm about to say, just anecdotal because it applies for literally everything we've seen. And that's specifically, that's the rallies. I keep seeing 20,000 people or, or up to that or almost that uh, showing up to Trump in these rallies. They're super, they're super amped up. He he's fired up. The crowd's fired up. They love him. He's talking about, you know, talking about how he's going to kiss all of them. And they, and, and he's dancing with them and they all love it. They're all super into it. And then I, I look over and Joe Biden either has a lid up, so he's not even talking to the media, or he goes out to some kind of like car rally thing or something. And and it's like there's circles and there's like five reporters there. And he's kind of he I think I just saw saw something from I think he's in Georgia, which I guess is a good sign for him that he's campaigning in Georgia this late in the race. But he's in Georgia, um, and he he kind of does did like an awkward run, and it's it's like silent, and you don't feel the enthusiasm. You definitely don't. 
And you might be saying, well, Pat, wh- uh, where have you been? Um, you know that there is a there is a pandemic going on, right? I mean, you reported on it earlier in the show. Well, I mean, okay, yeah, like I get that, but 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 just wait a second. Think to yourself this: Have you not seen some sort of store in your area absolutely packed? I'm around Franklin County, and that's no red. That's that's not red country. Um, IKEA parking lot is full literally every single day that goes for most places around polaris except except i'd say polaris actually is like the only spot where it's actually not super packed and there's not a ton of people you're telling me every single person that goes to ikea is it just some trumper who like thinks it's fake or something like that i don't think so i don't think people are really that that nervous about getting it and spreading it i just think people go oh joe biden yeah whatever who cares can anyone can can you just think off the top of your head aside from georgia with what i just mentioned where has joe biden put done these car these drive-in rallies has he how many has he done recently i can just go off i don't follow the rallies at all i don't really watch them much um i've seen i've seen a little bit of joe biden's i've seen a little bit of of president trump's and that's it um, Trump, right off the top, I could say Ohio, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Florida, Nebraska, within like the past 10 days or so, easily. I'm pretty sure he's been in Wisconsin and Michigan also. And that's just like, that's just kind of from tweets that I read. That's kind of from, I don't know, some sort of, you know, some pundit mention, mentioning something like you just, you know, he's out there and you know that the people are, that, that his, his base is fired up to vote for him. Where has Joe Biden been? And and how would you know that? You'd have to like you'd have to seriously look into it because I don't think any of his base, if he really has a base, is getting that out. So do is that specifically important to Ohio and is that important nationally? Well, nationally, I don't really know. And Ohio, I do think it it may have some relevance, uh, especially because you're seeing so much turnout. Um with all the enthusiasm that you can see in front of you for Trump, uh, it's hard to imagine that that most of that enthusiasm is actually really secretly for Biden, right? Now, then again, there is the other point, and this is why I'm doing enthusiasm first, because I don't think this is the biggest determinant of why I think Trump's going to win Ohio. And that's uh, people hate Trump. Trump is maybe the most unlikable, or at least the most hated president i i don't know it definitely in modern american history maybe in all of american history i just don't i don't know a, a ton about james k polk and them so and and the and the, the older guys so i won't say in history but he's definitely one of the most hated presidents um uh in modern american history so maybe i could be wrong with enthusiasm maybe it's and maybe that doesn't matter maybe people just go don't really care who it is, Joe Biden, yeah, you know, it doesn't matter if it's Joe, Bernie, whoever, Buttigieg, Harris, don't really care. I'm just voting against Trump, which is whatever. And and that's why I think maybe I am wrong on the enthusiasm thing. Maybe people are fired up just to vote against Trump. But it's something that I think I think people should be skeptical of if you're making any sort of prediction, if you're putting any sort of money on it. Um, it just It just seems a little bit odd that 
I've never seen this lack of enthusiasm for a presidential candidate, and then they win. And let alone they win Ohio, especially because when you back it up with other information like the polls, which we're about to get into, I just don't see how how you win that, right? Unless unless you're you're making states like Texas almost a toss up, not not quite in Texas, but North Carolina certainly, and other major battlegrounds. So so who knows with that? That's just my take though, is that the enthusiasm is going to be a key, especially with Ohio. And now uh, let's let's talk just a little bit of, about the polling. So while we're going to talk about polls, I'd like to just first give kind of my general opinion. You hear a lot of things of, oh, you know, are our polls worth looking at? Are they not? Weren't they totally wrong in 16? You know, no, no, they were within the margin of error, whatever. I'll give my quick take on that and why I think that these are kind of worthwhile uh, to look at, especially for this election, especially for our state. So my first take is that I think historically polls actually do capture some prediction in terms of what's going to happen in these presidential elections. If you look at uh, polling from 2016, for instance, that's a, that's a major time like in 2012 where people said, well, the polls are so wrong. Well, they they were sort of wrong on the national level, but even a lot of those were well within the margin of error. And if you look at a ton of the state polling, even some real credible polls, those were pretty accurate, even in the swing states where those margins were, as we know, super thin. So I'm not I'm not an anti-poll person at all. I, I do think that if you're going to look at something, it can be worth looking at. Now, what do you want to look at? Do you want to look at Emerson College's poll on polling voters on who they think is going to win, right? That poll seems to have a lot of prowess and, and, a, and a lot of validity and um, when it comes to predicting who's going to win. Or do you want to just look at, you know, uh, typical polls that you see, which is people being asked who they're going to vote for or who they or who they support, something along those lines. Or do you look at some polls that try to attribute a personality to someone based on some sort of profile that they have and then, and then you just sort of take a randomized sample of that, and then you basically make a prediction off of that. So, like, right, bunch of methodology, sure, but I do think, by and large, when you look at uh, compilation sites, which is fi like Five Thirty Eight, which is a site that I'm going to be referencing for Ohio, uh, I think by and large they do tend to do a nice job of weighting different polls, looking at different polls' credibility, and then putting that into their uh, into their sample and then putting out data that, in my opinion, does do a decent job of predicting it. So that's my basic take on polls. Now with that, uh, let's look at this this 538 poll, which right now uh, in late October, it has Trump up only 1.8 points. This is as of October 27th is their last updated section. So you might say, all right, well, Pat, that's well within the margin of error. Why would you say that this poll posts any credibility? And if you look back at 538's reporting through April, it's like it's not just neck and neck. Biden's killing Trump in some of these polls for quite some time. There was a period from June till about August where it was Biden no problem by, by let's see, roughly two, two and a half, 2.6 points consistently. So why do you think that this that the polls are worth looking at 
especially in determining the race in Ohio. Well, you know, since I did give a little bit of a little bit of my perspective on why I think polls are good, why I think that they are somewhat worth looking at, especially from a, a historical perspective, I do think that they're not perfect. And I think they're especially not perfect during this during this race and especially in this state. So um, to get into that a little bit, Ohio is a little bit split, right? Trump won the won our uh, state by what? About 500,000 votes, over 2 million people voted against him. So that that being said, I just, just keep in mind that w- what I'm going to say might be more applicable to different states on a national level. But I do think that there is actually some credence uh, there's actually a lot, there's a lot of credibility, uh, with these points in our state. So if you let's, let's look into polling methodology just in general, right? I think it does a decent job of, of capturing the public's perception of the candidates and, and the opinions and who they're going to vote for, but it's also tough to look at which ones that you want to see. But basically these these different polls, while their methodologies vary, do they talk to people online? Do they get how do they get their information? Um, they typically do randomized samples. These are especially the good polls. They do randomized samples, and then they pick out. Okay, we're gonna call this many people on a landline, this many people on a cell phone. Occasionally, it'll be maybe by some sort of email or whatever, and. And then a pollster will reach out to them and ask their opinions on a candidate for a couple minutes or something like that. It's a brief survey that they got to fill out, something along those lines. Now, I'm not really going to say that, oh, it will see the non-response bias. Oh, that see, that's that's why like I think that there might be some problem with them. No, because you can account for that. And by and large, um, people can, uh, pollsters do adjust that pretty well. Um, so I don't really think that that's some sort of some sort of big issue. I don't really think that it's non-response bias. I don't think that's the problem. What I think is the problem is that, especially in 2020. Now, I do think this was sort of true for 2016, but I think it's particularly true uh, for this year, but for the past four years that we've had. Let's look at these responses that people have to give, right? So... Why would somebody tell a pollster that they're voting for Biden, right? Or or actually, look, let's kind of rephrase that. What is kind of the best case scenario for giving your opinion to a pollster on Biden versus Trump, okay? Best case scenario for Biden, I would say, is you, you show other Biden supporters, let's say in your state, hey, you know, there are people voting for him. You know, it's like the tide is really shifting. There's a blue wave coming in. Uh, let's get out Trump. And a bunch of people hate Trump just like just like you do. And go, go and vote for Biden. Vote for your um, Democratic senator if it's happening in your state, et cetera. And, and then you end up winning elections, major blue wave, right? What's the positive for Trump? Uh, you show Trump voters that you're not completely demoralized and maybe there's some sort of turnout, even though it's unlikely that he's going to win nationally. And then somehow he pulls it off. 
I don't know. That's those are basically the best hypotheticals that I can come up with in terms of what the positives are for voting for Biden and what the positives are for voting for Trump. And and mind you, not voting for, excuse me, telling a pollster or giving your information to someone to analyze of why you're voting of who you're voting for. Right. And that's this is the important point. And this is where I want to get into the negatives now. What would be what would be like a worst case scenario for Biden? Worst case scenario, I'd say, I don't know, you're, you're, you know, you you slip up in conversation, you tell your coworker who's a big Trump person, and I don't know, you get into some weird, awkward political debate, and then, and then it slowly goes away, and then you guys are cool after that or something along those lines, or maybe it's a little heated and you guys just don't really talk. Maybe you don't talk much after the election or something along those lines, or I don't know. I'm honestly having trouble coming up with, with any sort of real worst case scenarios of why, like why, basically, why would you not tell a pollster that you're voting for Biden? Like what, uh, like that, uh, honestly, that was kind of, sorry, that was kind of a weird hypothetical. And I don't think that that made any sense. Like what, what's so bad about telling a pollster like, oh yeah. Oh, you're, you're Patrick McFarlane, right? Yeah. Oh, you live at blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, oh, are, are you, are you a registered voter? And they would know that probably in advance because Ohio has a public re uh, registry. And I say, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so he's trustworthy. Oh, okay. Are you voting for Biden? Yeah, sure. Why would I not tell someone that? Like, what what is the reasoning behind it? Now, why would you not tell a pollster that you're voting for Trump? What could be the negative consequences of that? The pollster could not be a real pollster, could have your information, could be waiting to confirm it, confirm some sort of profile they made of you. They found that you follow, I don't know, you follow some right-wing pundits on Instagram or Facebook. They dox you, and now you get harassed forever. You lose your job, and everyone in the neighborhood calls you a sexist, racist, racist Nazi, bigot, homophobe, transphobe, etc. Right? Fill in the blank. Why would you ever tell someone that you're voting for Trump? Why? What is the social benefit to doing that forget forget like all right if i'm being dramatic with with all the doxing whatever okay fine why would you just why would you tell a pollster that though why why would you trust someone especially if these are media pollsters why would you ever tell them who you're voting for if you're voting for trump why would someone do that i get like okay if you're a trump supporter yeah maybe you just like him that much or something i guess but i don't get it i don't get why you would do that I can't actually think of a good reason why you would tell a pollster that in this environment that we have. Especially if you work for some sort of corporation and you're a little bit outspoken with it. Couldn't, couldn't that confirmation just get you fired? And again, what's the benefit? I guess that's the biggest point because, because I'm, I'm just going hypotheticals right now. Sure. But, but what is the benefit? versus what could be the consequences reasonably. It just doesn't make any sense to me. 
Now, is that the case for Ohio? And I think that's I think that's the biggest question, right? Because Ohio is kind of a split. It's always swing state. So is that really the sentiment that you have? And, and I think that a fair answer like, could just be, hey, no, Pat, you know, I, I do agree. Yeah, you could say academia, media, Hollywood, they all hate Trump, whatever, you know, and on a national level. Yeah, it's a big deal. But especially in Ohio, you know, you could still get liberal and conservative friends together, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I in some ways I'd agree with that. My point from this, though, is since it's still tight with Trump and Biden and he seems to sort of be doing a little bit better uh, in the late game in October. My my point is that I bet my money there is absolutely no secret vote for Biden. There is absolutely no vote that's not being captured for Biden. But if there is some sort of secret vote for Trump, it's definitely a secret vote for Trump. And it's not, it's not, oh, well, it, it was secret votes, and then it was some people voting for Biden and some for Trump. No. Biden isn't getting any more from what you're seeing in the polls. But Trump maybe could for the reasons I listed. Because I just don't get why Trump people would tell a pollster, oh, yeah, I'm voting for Trump. How could I be wrong with that? Not just with people's, you know, per basic perceptions of Ohio as being kind of a swing state. Oh, well, it's kind of red, too. You know, it depends where you live, blah, blah, blah. Also, I could be wrong because why is Trump doing so fine then? If if the hypotheticals I gave out had any credibility, you'd expect them to be a lot lower, wouldn't you? If if, if the the issues, um, if the hypotheticals that I that I gave out those those scary scenarios where you're getting doxxed and harassed and you lose all your 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 friends for it or whatever. Right. And, and you get you get labeled a racist for for the rest of your years or whatever. If if all of that was true, why is Trump getting 40, 47 percent on average? Because that's a lot of people who just kind of don't care about my hypothetical, which I think is fair. And I think the only way the way that I would be proven right is if Ohio um, massively voted for Trump. That's the only way that I, I think that that my points on this could be right. But again, my take is generally speaking that if there since it is sort of neck and neck or whatever, by and large, I think overall I can still argue that there definitely is no secret vote for Biden. And they're very likely I, I wouldn't say very likely, but there very well could be a secret vote for Trump. So that's my basic take. Again, yeah, I think Biden's gonna cruise nationally. I think it's gonna be I, maybe it gets close. Maybe it gets a little interesting. Maybe Trump gets Wisconsin or something like that. But I think Biden's getting P Pennsylvania. I think Biden's getting uh, North Carolina. I think Biden's getting Arizona. And it's like I said, it's even close in Texas. But I do think Ohio uh, will lose its credibility uh, when it comes to picking presidential elections, which is kind of a bummer because that's always a fun fact that we have. But but yeah, again, that's my that's my overall take with it. Uh, be interesting to see less than a week away. Make sure you get uh, your early voting in if you want to, or if not, election days, November 3rd. All you have to do is go on the Secretary of State's website, look up your name in the registry, and then you can find out your voting location for election day. Thank you all for listening. Have a great rest of your week. I'm Patrick McFarlane. Here it is, Ohio.